Hi, welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, the weekly show dedicated to talking all things Port Adelaide. I'm Enviable Tradition, and I'm here with my regular host, Macca19. G'day, buddy. How are you, mate? And Fishing Rick as well. How are you, mate? Yeah, good to be back, and uh, very good. Thanks, boys. Welcome back, Rick. Beautiful. Uh, Thank you. So, obviously, uh, another week, another couple of close losses for the Power, and also for the Magpies. Port, obviously, going down to Carlton and Amy Stadium by just a solitary point. And the Maggie is continuing their recent run of close losses going down to West at Alberton by four points. So without further ado, let's get straight into it and, and have a chat about our love and our hate for the week. Perhaps, uh, Mac, we might start with you. What are your thoughts, mate? My love is just finals, baby. We're back in it. How nice. good is this? It's great, isn't First it? Time, oh, it's fantastic. It's just such a great feeling knowing that we're part of September again. It's the first time in six years. Um, what more can you say? I mean, my life's completely different since uh, we last played finals you know moved to the country <laughs> had a child bought a house you know all that sort of stuff so it's it's a real different thing um really looking forward to seeing how we go this week it's amazing that it's been so long isn't it i know oh, Over half years years decade. and so what was your hate mate my hate uh i'm going to be a bit Porsche and be a bit contrary and say the crowd um and it's a bit of a two-part answer um the first one is, why can't we get crowds of this size on a regular basis? You know, where are all our supporters where one week we get 17,000 against Gold Coast and then we fill out Footy Park the next week? Um, it's just a bit disappointing that um, that some of those sort of, you know, supporters that, that go along to the, the special games don't go along to the to the weekly games as well um, to really bump up our crowds and, and hopefully Adelaide Oval fixes that. Um, the second part of that is clearly the SANFL were quite underprepared for such a huge crowd to turn up because in the members uh, the beer was gone at half time which is ridiculous um, it was gone in the outer during the third quarter um, I had a really bad sore throat during the game um, and tried to find just a bottle of water somewhere and I had to go to four different food outlets yeah. to find a bottle of water at half time yeah. so you know bad bad work by the SANFL on that one yeah, I'm, I'm actually a bit of a teetotaler myself, and uh, yeah, so I was running around looking for water too, and it was yeah, I was the same. It took me about four goes to get some water. It was ridiculous. You guys should have you guys should have texted me. I was in the uh, before the bounce area, and there was plenty oh, of beer and water there. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Here we go. All right, Rick. All right. So, what was your love and hate for the week, Rick? Well, I guess mine was my love was actually a, a couple of incidents in the game which really stood out to me and I guess it sort of defined how we've changed from, from previous years and, and one of them was um, Westoff's run uh, down the wing um, that would have been in the uh, second quarter I reckon where he, I think he was chasing Yaron who's one of the That's fastest players and, and he really he kept up with him and, and was you, re, you remember the chase? Yeah absolutely. Absolutely. It was yep. just um, yeah it was just it really stood out to me because I mean he because he um, in previous years has been too laconic for me in his body language and his efforts and you know and the whole chain it was just it's really uh, symbolises to me how Port Adelaide's changed the players in general and and the res- results have shown and and the other one was in the third quarter with Cam O'Shea and people might not have noticed it but the um, the ball came across to the uh, into the the 50 pocket on the southern end, and um, you know Cam O'Shea was there. He chipped backwards, I think, to Kane Corns, which and Kane Corns had a, like a permanent address in that um, in that back pocket for some reason the whole game, uh, receiving the chip kicks. But 
he he then ran across the whole other side of the oval, just following the ball, tracking the ball, and then uh, got to the, the final stoppage about 150 metres later after about two minutes of running. And he was in there trying to extract the ball and help the player that was on the ground. And, you know, it's those... Um, Little bits of running and, and gut busting, which has really changed our, our footy side this year, I believe. And, and I, I just sat back and I really appreciated that. Yeah, it's nice to see those little things, isn't it? Particularly coming into finals where it seems that those things count even more and have an even bigger impact on the games. So it's, uh, it's mm. definitely good to see. And, and what did you hate on the weekend, Rick? Uh, my, my hate's a bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, yeah, I've got to thank the uh, big footy board for giving me a before-the-bounce ticket and you know, the food at the break at before-the-bounce was so good I ate too much and felt crook. But, uh, yeah, no, it was... <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it was just... Well, that's that's probably my only hate that I could have for the day. You know, I didn't... It was a weird feeling. I just didn't really care about the game because we were in the final. So I was... And we had a massive crowd there, like Macca said. So, um, for me, it was... You know, I just sort of sat back and, and just soaked it all in and, and just in, enjoyed it. So it's hard for me to hate anything. So, so yeah, but it was just a great day, except for the loss. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought it was a bit of a weird day, actually. But um, my, my love for the week is Jakey Need. So good to see him having a big day, best on ground in the SNFL. Uh, I reckon he's just really exciting. He's, he, I reckon he's that player we really need to come back into the team and give us a bit more spark, give us a bit more run, a bit more excitement. Uh, and to put other teams just under the pump a little bit with a bit, a bit of small forward evasiveness happening in that forward line, I reckon, uh, I reckon hopefully he comes in this week and I reckon he'll be a big inclusion. Um, my hate for the week was really just our intensity. You know, as much as we were well on top in the first half, I thought right from the start our intensity just didn't seem to be there. Um, we seem to be playing like a team who were looking forward to the finals next week rather than giving it 100% this week. And, uh, and whilst you can see why they might do that, it, it wasn't going to affect our result. It wasn't going to affect our ladder position. I just thought, you know, heading into our first final in a long time, you know, you don't want to flirt with form. You don't want to flirt with intensity. You know, you want to get those players in there and, and playing at 100% and, and get ready for that first final and to absolutely hit the ground running. So I just thought we were a bit flat the whole game, actually. I know a lot of people have said how good we were in the first half, but I thought... I actually thought there were signs there, even right from the start, that we just weren't quite switched on 100%. So that was my hate. Um, so obviously, as we said, Port played Carlton on Saturday to Amy and lost by just the solitary point. Um, so, Maka, perhaps you can start us off with a bit of an in-depth review here, mate. Sure, as you mentioned, um, Port lost 15-13 to 15-14. Um, it was just such an epic day. I, I loved the day as a whole. You know, the whole build-up, seeing our premiership heroes from eras gone by on the ground and seeing guys like Andrew Obst and Paul Northeast and obviously Scotty Hodges and David Brown and Tony Giles, all these guys that you know I grew up watching and idolised, um, seeing them back on the field again. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to lie, I did get a bit teary when uh, when we ran onto the field in that Guernsey. I mean, I just love that prison bar Guernsey. Um, I've been a bit of a believer um, that we should move on from it in terms of the AFL. Um, but after that, I mean, I'd just love to see it back a little bit more often um, than we get to at the moment. Um, onto the game itself, I mean, it was a game of two halves, really. I mean, we, as you mentioned... We weren't really all that intense going at the ball in the first half, but we did dominate the possession. We controlled the play. We were a lot more efficient. Um, maybe if Carlton didn't have such horrid goal-kicking in the first half, uh, then we wouldn't be up by so much. 
Um, it looked like they had kicked themselves out of it um, at half-time. Uh, we had control of the midfield, control of the forward entries, um, and, and we made a couple of smart decisions in, in throwing Westhoff back for much of the game, and I thought he played really well as a defender this week. Um, then it all changed to sort of halfway through the third quarter. We looked to tire. Uh, maybe we put the foot off the pedal a little bit. Um, and it's, but to me, it just looked like we lacked a bit of run in the legs. Um, Carlton really dominated the last quarter in, in quite massive fashion. Um, how did they win? Um, I mean, they absolutely killed us in stoppages. Um, Lobie and Renouf got an absolute bath. Um, they killed us in, in what I like to call sort of critical clearances, where you get a clear disposal at the stoppage um, to an outside runner who runs it forward as opposed to just like a quick uh, snap from a pack sort of thing. And they did that about seven or eight times in the last quarter and, and really drove the ball deep into their forward line, and we, and we just couldn't stop it. Um, obviously, they dominated the inside 50s. They found plenty of space. They were hitting leading targets, and, and they started to get more efficient and were kicking the goals that they were missing in the first half. Um, and that's what really cost us in the end, and especially um, we've spoken about it before in the past, but their cream really rose to the top. You know, guys like Gibbs, Murphy, and Walker had massive, massive last quarters. Um, and in the end, that's what cost us. Well, they really rolled the dice, Carlton, in that last quarter, didn't they, Macker? And um, like you said, they won the clearances, and you know, but they had the seagulls on the outside banking on that, and it just rolled their way, which really sort of helped them, didn't it? Yeah, well, they went all in. Obviously, they had a lot to play for, and they had finals and, and a massive expectation from their supporter group that they were going to make finals this year. And fair play to them. I mean, what a game and, and what a finish, and, and they made it. So, so good on them. Mm. Yeah, and I tell you what, it still could have all been different, couldn't it? With Brody with that kick right at the end, it was. Oh, uh, <laughs> you, you just backed him in, didn't you? You saw Brody loping towards a fifty. You thought, oh, this is just the perfect scenario for him. He loves these kicks. He'll slot this one straight through. And then, especially uh, when you were when you were watching the goal umpire and he wasn't really moving, you thought, oh my god, this is going in. He's going to kick a torpedo goal <laughs> to, to, to ice the game with about eight seconds left, and then a bloody hits hits the post. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was a disappointing oh, finish. He sacrificed our win to spoil the Crow supporters' day. I was just, I was so disappointed for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one thing that would have been interesting is if uh, sort of like English Premier League style, if they played all the games that sort of could have affected the, that, that final spot at the same time, I think eighth spot would have changed about seven times in the last quarter because there would have mm. been times where Carlton, Crows, North and Brisbane were all in eighth spot. Yeah, it would have been interesting. It made, it made for an interesting last round, I guess, with the uh, well, the ninth spot, I guess, which has now become eighth spot. Uh, yeah. it sort of opened it up a little bit to that last round, and you know, as much as I think there is, uh, you know, one team in the finals who perhaps doesn't deserve to be there, and you know, it's uh, it's a bit of a strange situation going into that first final. Um, it did make for a bit of an exciting finish to the year, but like I said, from my perspective, I think you know, we just we did we just looked flat all day. We just didn't look like we were you know gunning at it a hundred percent. I don't know whether that was. Um, you know, a coaching directive to take it easy and not get injured or whether it was just players just sort of, you know, taking their foot off the accelerator just that little bit because they wanted to make sure they were, you know, ready for next week and not injured and not reported and all those sort of things. But uh, but it just seemed like we just took the foot off the accelerator just that little bit. And I think, you know, one of the things it showed is that we as a team are certainly not in the position yet where we can take the foot off the accelerator one little bit and get away with it. And, uh, and that's obviously something we'll probably talk about, you know, coming into the game against Collingwood, but we're really going to have to play four quarters of footy, as Kenny said, to, to have a chance in some of these big finals. And, you know, hopefully we can put it all together next week and, and do that. But it certainly wasn't that 100% effort that we've seen at various stages throughout the year. 
Um, and for me, that was a bit disappointing. Just that last game, a big crowd there, you know, wearing the prison bars, Guernsey. You would have just liked to have seen that real, you know, fair dinkum crack at winning that game, and it just didn't feel like it was quite there. Yeah. So, uh, Maka, who do you have as your best players for the week, mate? Uh, best on ground, I've had Brad Ebert. Um, you know, in the prison bar Guernsey, in the number seven that Russell Ebert made so famous, um, I thought he really played for the jumper. And it was great to see him amongst the goals again. You know, he kicked a lot of goals last year, but he hasn't really kicked many this year, so it was good to see him kick four. Um, I thought Westhoff had a really good, if if not a bit different of a game from him. Um, you know, he, he seemed to spend a lot of time in defence, um, almost as a key position defender this week. Um, and then we threw him forward again in the last quarter and, and nearly won us the game. Um, Schultz, I thought it was great to see him amongst the goals, you know, playing a bit closer to goal. Um, O'Shea, I really loved the creativity and run that he had. Um, and I'm going to bring him up as I have done most weeks um, in recent times, and that's Sammy Cahoon. Um, just such a cool head under pressure for someone so young. And his four best games this year have been against quality opposition or in really high-pressure games. So I think that bodes well for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And Ricky, who do you have, mate? Yeah, um, it was interesting. I had I had Sam Cahoon in there as well. And um, did Ford um, this week? Call him a bit of a seagull, or was it someone else that called him a seagull? I didn't. I didn't actually. Th- I don't think it was Ford actually, but um, I don't <laughs> no, think it, it definitely wasn't Ford. <laughs> no, it was. A, it was a Crow supporter that we ended up booting from the board. And, ah, um... that's. Yeah, I think it must have been Ford must have booted him and I'm getting him confused. But um, I thought Sammy was fantastic and, you know, he, he started off a little bit shaky but how, how well has he gone? And, yeah, he was right up there with Brad Ebert. I agree with you, Maka. Brad Ebert was best on ground and um, had, uh, Sammy Cahoon wasn't far behind him. The other one I thought was fantastic for the bulk of the game was uh, Matthew Broadbent uh, once again. Um, you know, he's really come along as a player and... Uh, you, he just adds another string to our our team, where uh, or bow, where you can't really you can't tag everybody, can you? But you know you have to watch Matthew in defence, and then you have got our key midfielders, and and that's where we're starting to go, get uh, very strong as a team and a unit. And Aaron Young, I thought was good once again, and I've got him um, as maybe a possible out, but he'd be very unlucky if he was out for this week because uh, he's done nothing wrong. Yeah, and that's the good thing with our team now. We are developing that depth, and uh, it is getting harder to see who's going to be the outs and who's going to drop out, which is really good to see. And, uh, and look, I pretty much agree with both of you guys. I thought Ebert was fantastic, and wasn't it great to see him running around in the prison bars, Guernsey, having such a good game? You could just tell it meant a lot to him, and that he really wanted to get over the line for that one, and it was, it was great to see. And Schultz, you know, just yet again, another line-hearted effort, just working so hard for the club and for the jumper, and... What a great reward for Schultze to get his first final this weekend. Um, you know, no one deserves it more. He's been such a good club man since he's come to port. He's been such a good leader. He's just done those one percenters so well. Um, you know, he's been that real focal point up forward. He's a beautiful kick for goal. I, I'm so wrapped for Schultze of what he's done since he's come to the club. And, and I think he just so deserves to have that final and, and hopefully really deserves to get a win in a final. So I'd love to see that happen this year too. But... Um, yeah, my best were Ebert and Schultz. And once again, Sammy Colhoun. We've spoken about him pretty much every week on this podcast. It's pretty obvious he's a bit of a favourite amongst us. Uh, but yeah, once again, his composure was just fantastic. And, uh, and he's just going to be a great little player. So really looking forward to seeing how he develops over the coming years. It probably changed the game in the end, him coming off. Because yeah, it was an odd we, we looked out on our feet and we left Renoufon, who'd done pretty well nothing all game. Um, and we really looked so, so tired in that last quarter. Yeah. Just couldn't keep mm. up. 
Yeah, we definitely mm. missed that extra bit of run, and I'm sure that would have been the intention if he hadn't. I think it, they said it was a little bit of tightness there or something, and, and if that hadn't been the case, I'm sure it would have been Renouf coming off, and you know we would have had that little bit of extra run that may well have made a difference. Yeah, exactly. So, something you said um, earlier on, um, ET, that you found it a bit of a weird day. What did you find weird about it? Oh, I think it was it was just the lack of intensity. I thought it just felt like it was just a nothing game. Like I, I rocked yeah. up expecting something really special. You know, wearing the prison bars, forty thousand people there. You know, I expected it to be us having a red hot crack at it, and it just didn't feel like it. It just felt a bit off right from the start. It just, it seemed to be just lacking that intensity right from the start. I don't know if that was just from me because I knew that the result actually didn't matter for us in terms of ladder position, but I just wanted to see a bit more. I was really excited yeah. that, that we could provide something more for that blockbuster crowd that was there, for the prison bars jumper, you know, especially given all the stuff that's going on with the SNFL at the moment. You know, I just felt like there was something more there that was just missing. It just felt like it was lacking. So, you know, hopefully next week, getting into the finals, we're going to you know, have a bit of that spark back and really you know, fire up again. I was going to say, maybe it wasn't the poor boys that were missing that lacked the intensity. Maybe it was Carlton were pretty woeful in the first half. And so that made the game appear like it was lacking a bit of intensity. And Because uh, I, I, I thought the boys, actually, I thought the first half was fantastic. And all I've been banging on about for the last four weeks is that we need more run from defence. And how good was the run from defence? We just we just sighed through uh, Carlton and, you know, we were unstoppable. And it was almost like the coaches said, all right, we've proved our point, boys, and now let's rest up for finals. But I do understand what you're saying about the surreal. I think it's maybe a package of, you know, we had our highest, one of our highest all-time crowds, which made it surreal for me. I was just sitting there taking photos of the crowd. Like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Um, and then, you know, and then with the, with the prison bar, you know, which is a bit of nostalgia. I think all of those, plus we're already committed to the finals, I think all of those elements just sort of added to what you're saying. So, uh, Maka, let's go on and have a bit of a look at the uh, Maggie's game against Westerdale, Albert, and another close loss there, mate. Yeah, it was another close loss. Um... Yeah, they lost eight goals, twelve to nine goals, ten. It was four points, um, but it, football really took a bit of a backward step on the day. Um, it was really all about the emotion. I mean, as I mentioned last week, it, it could well be the last game at Albert and Oval um, for the Magpies in their current format. Um, I guess in terms of the actual game itself, um, it, it was fairly opposite for the last two months. In that Port started really strongly. Um, they led by about four goals at half time and then stopped after that. And they had 100 more disposals, 100 more marks, which is ridiculous. And they had more clearances, more inside 50s, but lost the game. Um, but in the end, it was all about the emotion. Um, it started before the game even even happened. Um, at the end of the reserves game, the reserves did a lap of honour. Um, a lot of the players were in tears. Um, at the three-quarter time huddle, supporters were allowed to sort of encroach back as it used to be, sort of, and, and crowd around the, the playing group a bit and... And, you know, there was a lot of emotion there, especially in the, amongst the supporters. And you could tell uh, quite a few of the players were tearing up as well. Um, and that was before the game had even finished. And then it was really, really emotional after the game, not just because of the fact it could be the, the last game at Alberton, but, you know, it was Mickle John's farewell in front of his home crowd. And even though we lost, everyone sang the song on the Oval and all the players were in tears and, and a lot of the supporters were well. And, you know, there, there was quite a lot of emotion and, and even anger in the crowd of, of what might happen um, in the next couple of months in regards to the poor Magpies. 
Um, in terms of best players, um, Stevie Summerton was probably best on ground, and he, he had a bit of a controversial week in that he, he really uh, uh, put the hammer on the, the port hierarchy um, on Facebook. Um, it got dumped about two hours after he posted it, but <laughs> he really let fly at KT and Koshy, and you know, he, he ended up walking the walk on the field and had 38 touches and 16 marks, and you know, Sammy Gray had around about the same and kicked a goal as well. Um, and then guys like Corey Baird, obviously Jakey Need, he had a fantastic game, and, and uh, Josh uh, Thurgood kicked four goals. Um, Betty Newton was all right. Henry Slattery was okay as well, and, and Scanlon um, played okay as well. It was really disappointing, though, that we couldn't hold on um, in that last quarter. Uh, Wesley's kicked a goal with about three minutes left and, and were able to hold on in the end. Yeah, so uh, have a look at the rest of this NFL, Rick. Obviously, I mentioned uh, Jakey Need earlier. Is there anyone else that caught your mind there for the uh, power players? Yeah, I thought uh, it was good to see um, Mason Shaw come back after a couple of poor weeks. Probably conditions didn't help him either. And uh, what he banged through, five goals. And I keep holding out hope that, you know, maybe next year he's going to uh, start coming up and becoming that key forward that we need and definitely the 2015 because uh, I'm really worried we need another key forward and you know either that or John Butcher's going to have to show us something pretty soon but uh, yeah he was the main one and I guess my mate uh, uh, Matt Thomas you know again another 30 disposals in the uh, in the SA in a field but has he done enough to stay with us I don't think so I think he'll be gone yeah, I think that's probably a consensus. Uh, been a good club man, but uh, it, it might be time for, for, for both parties' best interest, I guess, for them to part ways. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, so for our next section, we're going to preview the big game on Saturday night against Collingwood at the G. Obviously, a big game for both clubs. Um, and as a first for us, we've got a podcast that from one of our other teams coming in. We've got Hot Pies with Sauce joining us. Welcome, mate. Hey, guys. Pleasure to be here. Boo. Boo. <laughs> I know, Colin, we support it on the podcast. Everyone have to forgive us. But, you know, he seems like an all right bloke so far, so we don't hate him just yet. Um, so, mate, what's, what are your thoughts about the game ahead? Oh, I really can't wait. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I was actually at the... Uh, at the game at Amy Stadium between the two teams earlier this year. And uh, it was scary. Um, Port just led from the start. Um, they were just faster than us. Uh, we couldn't get the ball. If it's anything like that, I'm probably going to be turning off halfway through. But um, I kind of have a feeling it's going to be, we're going to be a lot more competitive this time around. So what do you think will be the difference? What changes are you expecting from Collingwood? Well, we've got a little bit of a, a difference in personnel this time. Um, got a uh, got Beams will be playing. Um, we've got uh, Hudson won't be playing. We've got uh, this young sort of upcoming uh, ruckman called Brody Grundy. I don't know if you've heard of him, but uh, yeah, he's absolutely. quite big around the club at the moment. Um, yeah, this guy's. Yeah, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a little bit unsure about him. Um, on one hand, he attacks the ball like a man possessed. He's got the poise of a 100-game player, and he's the best ruck prospect we've had in years. And he's got the worst hair I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think he kind of makes it work. The man bun kind of works. But on the other hand, my girlfriend can't get enough of him, and there's only so much raving about <laughs> another guy's rippling biceps and cute man bun 
that I can listen to before I start to get a little jealous. That's it. But, um, yeah, Grundy, he's, uh, he's going to be a big difference, I believe. Um, he doesn't dominate a game yet, but just his fierce attack on the ball's just um, inspiring. Uh, plus, well, I, think, I don't think Didac played last time. Uh, he definitely adds an X factor, and every time he gets the ball, it's just like, a huge cheer goes through the crowd and everyone just starts buzzing and you see all the, the players just get around him. They just love him playing. So, I don't know, I just uh, I feel like, um, yeah, we might be up for this a little bit more. Yeah, I guess the first thing that I want to add is that um, just uh, fate has come together for Port Adelaide and Collingwood because I believe it's the same weekend of J-Max passing last year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, which is... Uh, Pretty interesting. It's uh, pretty strange how that's played out, I think. Do you know if there's going to be a, um, a similar sort of uh, mentioning of uh, J-Mac before the game? I wouldn't think so. Um, I don't know, unless Collingwood want to do that in front of their own crowd with Port there, as opposed to the other way around in round 14. But yeah, um, I imagine they'll say something on the banners, um, but I'm not sure there'll be a big sort of song and dance about it. Um, yeah, I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. So uh, back to the game, I guess. Uh, who, who do you think are the players we need to look out for? Who, who do you, you think is going to shine for Collingwood this game? Um, well, as I've mentioned, uh, Grundy is definitely going to be a, uh, a factor. Um, Didak as well. He's just the sort of player that um, he can really have an impact on a finals game. He just can get it from anywhere and kick goals from outside 50 um, impossible angles um, another player is maybe Ben Reed. Um, he he's been a brilliant sort of all Australian defender the last couple of years uh, we originally got him as a forward and the last sort of few games he's um, well I think he kicked five goals last week yep. um, against the kangaroos um, yeah it's it's going to be a tall forward line and we're really going to try and stretch um, Port Adelaide's defenders. Hey, are you getting uh, Carlisle back this week? That, that's the word, yeah, is that he's coming straight back in, which, okay, is, which so. is handy but I think you guys have got a lot of very tall players and a lot of our key, de- well pretty much all our key defenders are fairly short in comparison. They're all around the sort of 192 mark as opposed mm-hmm. to only Jackson Trengove who can take the really tall monsters. Well also, um, I I noticed Westhoff played a fair bit in the back lines last week. Um, has he been doing that a lot lately? He's sort of been dropping back um, in defence, but that was probably the first time that he's played almost solely... Well, he played about three quarters in defence this week, and that's the first time he's really played back there as a as a key position defender sort of thing. But, it, yeah, I mean, most games this year he's been dropping back into the hole and, and taking those sort of saving marks, sort of Chad Corn. I thought style. he was pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I thought he was really yeah. impressive, yeah. He was probably our second best player on the weekend, in my opinion. Yeah. He's a player that we're definitely going to have to um, keep an eye on because we can't let him just sort of drop back and pick up those balls like he, like he did well, against Carlton. That, that's, I guess, the next question I was going to ask, Cop Pies. I guess from a Collingwood perspective, who, who do you guys think you need to look out for from our team? Let's talk about us for a bit. I really like the new Chad. I like the old Chad as well, Chad Corns. <laughs> he was brilliant. But... Chad Wingard, he is, I think he's only 19 and he's just looking like a brilliant prospect for the future. 
even now he's just like you can almost call him a champion. But uh, he's going to do it for a few more years yet. But he is the definition of X factor. So I really think that um, we have to tag him out of the game. Uh, who else? Is, I think Harlot's coming back in this week. So he's yeah. had a few weeks off. Yep. Um, we're definitely going to have to watch out for him because his runoff uh, halfback, um, it really sets up uh, the, the play. It's, a, it's instrumental for their run. Um, I think it killed us last time we played um, yeah, Hartlett, Hartlett we've got to watch out for. Um, oh, and Travis Boak, um, inspirational captain, really tough at it. Um, I think he's going to be the one that McCaffrey's going to go to as a tagger this week. All right, so Macca, what are you looking forward to from this game, mate? What are your thoughts on, uh, on the game ahead? I think the fact that we beat them in round 14 holds us in, in pretty good stead because we know we can play well against Collingwood. We always seem to lift against them. Um, and if you look at how we beat them in round 14, um, it was just one of those real finals types games where we, we just full-on attacked the player and the bowl and, and just didn't give them an inch to, to move their magic. Um, we gave their back line no real space to, to try and uh, to, uh, run the bowl out. Um, we pushed Heath Shaw back to the square. Monfries did a fantastic job in, in keeping him out of the game last time we played. Um, obviously, they've got more targets up forward than, than we probably have, especially in tolls. But you look at um, the stats from the last time we played them, um, and I think we pretty well beat them in most categories. We had more, more disposals. We, I think we beat them in tackles. We, had, we killed them in inside 50s. Um, we thrashed them in clearances. Um, contested possessions as well. So I think if we do that again, um, you know, it, it holds us in good stead to win the game. Um, obviously, I think the players that we need to look out for are, are probably the big three midfielders. I'm talking about Dane Swan, Scott Pendlebury and and, um, and Beams. Um, so that's where I really see us um, possibly losing. If, if they get away um, and they get away to a good start, um, it'll be very, very hard to peg Collingwood back um, this time. So I think that's you know something that we've really struggled with this this year. Obviously, is our, is our first quarters have been fairly poor. Um, so I think I'm really hoping that Kenny drums it into them that we really need to go balls to the wall again this time against Collingwood and try and get a, a couple you know two to three goal lead at quarter time. Yeah, I think I think that's the key actually. I, I do think it's those gun midfielders that Collingwood have got. If uh, you know if we let them dominate. Uh, then I think we're going to be in big trouble. Um, and, and probably conversely for us, I think it's our key playmakers who really need to step up. Like we really need big games from the guys we've mentioned, you know, Boak, Hartlett, Wingard, Ebert. Uh, you know, all those midfielders really need to step right up to the plate and have big games like they did really, I guess, last time we played Collingwood. Um, and I think that's going to be a big key for us. Um, and I think Schultz continues to be a massive key for us. You know, if he can... Uh, get on the end of a few, hopefully get a little bit closer to goal and get a bit more dangerous because we know when he is close to goal, he slots them through and uh, and a few goals from him in a, in a big final would really go a long way towards helping us get there, I reckon. Yeah, I think the thing with Port is that we're just so unknown going into this final. I mean, it's pretty much everybody's, well, a large percentage of the playing group's first final. Um, there's not many mm. left over from the 2007 grand final team. Um, 
or at least that played in that final series. I think it's only really Boak, Carlisle, uh, Cassisi and Corns um, that'll get games. Um, so for, for many of our key playmakers, it, it's going to be their first final. I mean, how are the, the really young guys like Wines and possibly Jake Need if he comes back in, you know, Andrew Moore, Pittard, how are those guys going to handle the pressure of a big final at the MCG against Collingwood? Yeah, and I guess that's, that's a question around the Pies as well, isn't it? Like, the Pies seem to have been a bit up and down too. They, they, they're a bit hard to peg this year. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, with the overall factor, that's something that we could definitely use to our advantage. Um, as you mentioned, Port hasn't got anywhere near the finals experience that we've got in our list at the moment. I think it's something like um, your list has got about 48 sort of finals games between them while we've got in the hundreds. Yep. Uh, plus, you know, you're going to be coming up against a crowd of about eighty to 90,000 people. Um, I think, uh, was it last week you had 40,000 at Amy and that was one of the biggest crowds you've had for ages? Yep. This, it, there's a real danger of Port coming out and a lot of their young players just um, getting a bit of stage fright. And yeah. we really need to, if we see any sort of, um, sign of that at all, we have to jump on it and take advantage and um, hopefully have a similar sort of result to your last final. No, steady on. <laughs> steady, <laughs> steady on. <laughs> Almost snuck that one in there. <laughs> so, um, so, guys, let's have some tips for the game. So, Hot Pies, let's start with you, mate. Who do you think is going to win and by how much? I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be Collingwood by 10. Probably 10 points, that is. And, uh, what do you think, mate? Oh, look, I've been optimistic all year. I'm, I'm feeling a bit strange because I've never been optimistic in the past five or six years, but I'm going to stay optimistic this week and pick Port by 27 points. 27? Maka, that is a bit of confidence there, mate. I like it. I like it a lot. I just well, think, I reckon it's going to be a, yeah. I reckon it's going to be a close game as well. I, I've actually... I, I do think Port can do this. I, I do think that we have a red-hot chance. I really like to think that we can get one back over Collingwood for that final. Was it 2003, I think it was? Um, yep. I think we owe him one. So uh, I'd like to see Port by nine points is, is my prediction for the game. Yeah, I think it's going to be our key players. I mean, as uh, Burgess said in our podcast, in the first podcast, you know, it's not shit. The players are sick of being, you know... Um, you know, talk down to and all that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how our big guns go, you know, like Boak, Hartlett, Gray, Ebert, Wingard. You know, those five players, they're the keys, and I'm really expecting them to have big games. Beautiful. And it's great to all see... Right. Uh, no, you go, mate. You go, you jump in. I was just going to say it's great to see uh, Port in the finals again. Um, yeah, they're a really exciting side this year, and uh, I think um, your tip of 27 points... Um, the only way that's going to happen is if we, if our bus breaks down and we can't make it to the game. Seriously, <laughs> oh, a bit of confidence there. I like it. I like it. You never know. So, you never know. So, uh, Hot Pies, thanks for coming on today, mate. It was a pleasure to have you on. Um, look forward to the game. Obviously, looking forward to a Port victory from our side of the fence, and uh, hopefully for the Port fans, this is you know not just the first, the first of many finals this year and, and in the following years as well. So. Um, thanks for coming on, mate, and hopefully we can uh, speak to you again another time soon. The pleasure is all mine, and uh, bad luck for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, buddy. I love it when Collingwood choke. It's football's greatest joke. 
they've lost more grand finals than any other team. And so, Rick, we missed out on you for the uh, review of the Collingwood game. So, uh, but just quickly before we head off, mate, it'd be great to get from you a, a prediction for the game and, and perhaps a, uh, you know, a scoreline and a margin. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think Collingwood's going to win. And uh, mm. I think that... I'm sorry. I think, I think they're going <laughs> to... That is so disappointing, Rick. I know. I think they're going to win by about 35 points. I think we're going to have a bit oh. of... Stra- I think we're going to have a bit of stage fright early and then we're going to be chasing our tail um, ever uh, after that. But and I think that it's going to... 35 number deliberately picked, mate? Because it's been a bit of a talking point, that 35 number. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. But, yeah, very <laughs> coincidental. That, there you uh, go. Yeah, but well, who, do you, I'll be... who do you think will win it for Port if we do happen to win? Who do you think is going to win it for us? Who do I think is going to win it for us? I think uh, Hamish Hartlett's going to have to have a standout game. Uh, look, our leaders are basically going to have to stand up. Travis Boak's going to, and I, I'm pretty confident that he'll uh, he'll deliver for us again. Um, you know, Jay Schultz is going to have to kick a bag, and I think our small forwards, um, you know, collectively, not individually, but collectively. You know, our small forwards are really going to have to stand up. And, and it was, I can't remember the poster, but someone brought up on the, uh, on the internet uh, during the week, you know, um, for, to beat Collingwood, we need goal-kicking midfielders. And I think uh, Travis, Hamish, um, Brad Ebert uh, have all shot, and Chan Widgard when he's playing there, they are all goal-kicking uh, midfielders. So collectively as a group, we're just going to have to keep that run up from defence. And if we can do that and the midfielders can get on top, um, we could be all right. But I, I just think we're just we're still our forward line structure isn't fantastic. And you know if we're pulling West off away, um, you know we're sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit. I, I feel, and we we definitely need another tall forward. Sorry, that was a very long. Um, <laughs> it was all good. It was all good. So. Thank you, Rick, for those uh, predictions. So we'll say a big thank you to Hot Pies with Sauce, the Collingwood poster who came on with us today, the first non-Port supporter to come on to our podcast. So thank you very much, mate. Um, and uh, hopefully it's a good game this weekend. Hopefully Macca's prediction is the one that comes true because he picked the biggest margin for Port. So uh, hopefully that's the one that comes true. And uh, until next week, hopefully we'll be sitting here on the podcast next week discussing our second final. So, uh, so. until next week, go the power. See you, boys. Bring it home, lads. Bring it home.